0: And so it's easy then to, to jump into areas where we, we believe that, that we need that answer, a career or work or things like that, and even a hobby. Um, and so definitely then that takes our attention away then from our marriage or our family. And all of a sudden over time, just that drift takes place. Loneliness sets in mm-hmm. years down the road where you know, we're looking at each other like, whoa, you're, I'm married to a stranger.
1: Greg Smalley joins us on Focus on the Family along with his wife Erin and together they're going to share more about the natural drift that can so easily occur in marriage and give some strategies on how we can resist that drift. Thanks for joining us today. Your host is Focus Africa CEO Graham Schnell and I'm Alison Schnell.
2: Alison, we live in a fallen world, and so the natural progression of things is toward disorder and decay. If you leave a garden, it'll get overgrown. If you don't maintain a house, it falls into ruin. And if we're not intentional about investing in our marriage, we can drift apart.
1: And we all need that reminder, but also some ideas on how we can do this well. And that's the focus of our program today. Graham, you got to talk to Greg and Erin Smalley when they were in South Africa speaking at events on this topic. So here now is that conversation.
2: One of our goals at Focus on the Family is to help couples have a thriving marriage. In fact, marriage is the bedrock of the family, which is the bedrock of society. But we hear from so many couples who struggle in their marriage. I'd say we all struggle in our marriage from time to time because a good marriage just doesn't happen by accident. I think as a result of the fall, there is a natural drift that will occur between a husband and a wife unless we're intentional about investing in our marriages and ultimately resisting that drift. Well, our guests today are going to speak into that phenomenon of resisting the drift. There are no strangers to this program. Dr. Greg Smalley is the Vice President of Marriage at Focus on the Family in the USA. And his wife Erin is the Strategic Spokesperson for Focus on the Family's Marriage Ministry. And together they speak and write and really lead all of Focus's marriage efforts. And they're in South Africa because we've been holding a tour of events around the country around this topic of resisting the drift. But Greg and Aaron, welcome to Focus Africa.
0: Thank you, Graham, for having us. We love, absolutely love being in South Africa, what an amazing country.
3: For sure. And we are almost done with our tour. We're finishing here, and it has been just delightful.
0: Yeah. Although I was attacked by a hyena at some point, so <laughs> that was kind of scary. We
2: did set that up,
0: but yeah. It's all I was wanted to see the to. whole time. <laughs> just show me <laughs> one hyena. We didn't did happen. see baboon and we did. penguins. That's true. And
3: you saw the monkey, the, what was the monkey? The baboons. Baboon. The baboons, that's yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember what he was called.
2: Well, we've been holding these events titled Resist the Drift, uh, and you as a couple have written into this and spoken into this uh, for years now. But why is it that this drift
0: occurs? Yeah, I think just naturally once we get married um it's not that we don't enjoy each other or don't or want to drift apart i think it's just easy to get involved in other things mm. so you know we start working careers having kids we've got hobbies and church and just you name it all competing for our time and i know for for me as a young 20 year old when i got married i was still trying to figure out what success looked like as far as a career and in and, and that required a lot of time and effort and attention and i think it was just easy just to to place some priority within that in and, and i know for me that's that was part of our drift
3: mm-hmm. and then we started having children right away we had a one month old daughter on our second wedding anniversary mm-hmm. and so my attention started going Uh, towards children and raising a family and then I went back to graduate school as well and so it's not that we get involved in bad things or good things but it takes the attention that was initially there when it was just the two of us it takes the attention away and then that that drift begins to set in and I think
0: Graham too for you know, again, I'll just speak for guys. Um, if if some issues start occurring, um, maybe conflict or we're not sure how to be successful within our marriage, it's very easy then to gravitate towards things that, that make us feel successful. So I think for, for a lot of guys, we begin to drift because – yeah, I'm not. You know, she seems to be frustrated with me. We get into a lot of conflict. I, I, it seems that we're always arguing, or we're always just talking about boring stuff, like who's going to pick up milk and who's going to take the kids here or there. And and it's easy to then shift attention to maybe some areas that I am feeling it's more successful in. Maybe a hobby. Maybe you know some some of my male friends or or work- I- anything like that, so it's it's just it's easy to have that drift take place
2: yeah. mm-hmm. and how would you say in your experience that's pretty typical of of men there is that desire in us as men to to have that feeling of success? Have you seen that in in the counseling rooms in the work that you do that it's it's common
0: yeah, very much so we i i think as as parents we have a son. And I think Aaron and I are both aware that there's such a deep longing within our son, who's now mm-hmm. 21, to know that he has what it takes to be yeah. successful. And I think every young man struggles with that and needs to define that: Do I have what it takes? And so it's easy then to to jump um, into areas where we, we we believe that that we need that answer: a career or work or. Things like that, and even a hobby, um, and so definitely then that 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 takes our attention away then from our marriage or our family, and all of a sudden over time, just that drift takes place. Loneliness sets in. Mm-hmm. Years down the road, we're you know we're looking at each other like, "Whoa, you're, I'm, just, I'm married to a stranger." Yeah,
3: yeah, and for women too, because we typically stereotypically would be the more relational partner, forming relationships with. Um, kids, friends, that often when we don't feel like things are going well relationally in the marriage, well, then often what I see is that the wife starts pouring her attention and time into the kids and into uh, female friendships. And so it looks different. It seems men are much more focused on like work and pouring themselves into work to feel successful. But I think ultimately what happens is you mentioned, you know, we feel lonely, but I think underneath all of that, we end up both being pretty sad. Mm. And so often we don't get to that place of going, I am just so sad that we are disconnected and not feeling close. And bottom line, we're created to be close to that one person. And that's the the design by God. And so when that doesn't happen, then we end up just really, really sad.
2: Yeah. And I guess the COVID pandemic, in some ways, was a a highlight for couples that may have had these things going under the radar, which could have been good and bad, I suppose. But in some ways, the men who were finding that satisfaction in being successful at work and maybe leaning into that. And Mm -hmm. the woman who had that other life with the kids and the female friends suddenly we were kind of forced to to be together, and maybe face some of those, and hopefully overcome them. <laughs> Did you see that in your? Counseling? Yes, and
3: what I would say is yes, it brought to sur- to the surface. Um, The issues that were being swept under the rug, they couldn't be avoided anymore because there was a big old spotlight on the issues that were already there. But then they were heightened because the couple was spending more time together. There wasn't all the distraction and all the noise that covered up um, the disconnect as well as there wasn't all the coping mechanisms in place because Mm -hmm. we were pretty much with each other a whole lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I guess, I we're not speaking specifically about COVID, but uh, you mentioned the issues that rose to the surface. And mm-hmm. and never mind COVID, I think a lot of couples, we hear it all the time, they struggle with conflict in marriage. Um, it can be a major contributor to this drift occurring. Or well, I suppose it can just enhance the drift. The drift's occurring for these other reasons that you've spoken about. But then when you are together, often... The times that you have together are you're rubbing each other the wrong way and causing or having those conflicts and I know just from hearing your own stories that this was part of your, your story. <laughs> you struggled with conflict particularly in the early years of marriage so you can speak from experience um, but how, how we deal with conflict which is inevitable makes a big difference in resisting that drift. How uh, Would you speak into that and some of the strategies that we can employ in how we manage conflict to, to enable us to stay connected.
0: Well, exactly what you're saying, that conflict is, is a big reason that couples feel disconnected. Because we all have issues that we're going to um, have challenges around that, that typically get us into conflict. And for a lot of couples, they, they, they've never had success in dealing with those. Mm-hmm. And so they just avoid them. Well, that the very nature of avoiding certain topics or discussions or dealing with with issues between us creates that that feel of 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 a chasm between us, mm-hmm. and and I think that's a part of what was going on for Aaron and I is this that we we so poorly handled conflict in the beginning that there were issues that we should have been dealing with. That that we weren't, yeah. and and then add in the, just personality wise, like I'm a big conflict avoider anyway. So I mean, my natural bent as a peacemaker is I don't I don't want to be in conflict. I like harmony. Mm-hmm. I like us just to be chilling and having fun and laughing together. And so when it came to addressing issues that that really needed to be dealt with, I, I not only because history told us that we wouldn't have a good conversation, but then I didn't want to deal with those things anyway. Yeah. And, and so that was a big part of our, of our disconnect and our drift was that we just started working those things out sort of on our own, which created then a sense of loneliness, yeah. um, which ultimately, you know, people won't stay in a lonely marriage for long, and we had to come face to face with that reality that man we're not connected we feel lonely we're dealing with all this stuff on our own it's just that's not what marriage is meant to be yeah. we just didn't know how to how to reverse and in, in deal with that stuff. That's where we needed help.
3: Mm-hmm, and I, you said, Greg, that you're a conflict avoider, well.
0: She's just gonna rub that in my face. It's not bit. that I'm- You admitted it, I knew it all along. You are
3: a conflict avoider, yes, but I, I always say Greg thinks that I love conflict. <laughs> like I wake up in the morning and go, oh, what a great day for a big fight. Yeah. But that's not the case either. <laughs> I don't believe
0: that, by no. the way. Well. You know, you're <laughs> more willing to suspend harmony, yes. even though you'd yeah. prefer harmony. Well, I,
3: I wanna talk about it because I want it to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Versus you wanna avoid that. it right. because you want, it to, well, you want us to stay connected at some level. Yes. Yeah. So it's just different uh, mechanisms that neither one works. Um, I mean, sure, if I wanna talk about it in a kind, loving way, but that wasn't typically the way I approached it. Mm.
0: <laughs> can we turn off the recording for a yeah. while and let let's you are not going to argue this know, one out I'm a good counselor yeah. <laughs> there's plenty in this Gr- building right? Graham looks really uncomfortable right now <laughs> I know you
2: quote uh, even on these events that we've, we've been doing that 70% of relationship conflict is about perpetual problems just explain that, what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah it's all of us have issues that that don't have a solution to them per se for example um, it can be based on a personality difference. Aaron is an extrovert i 'm an introvert, so we we have ongoing conflict ongoing discussions <laughs> just around you know socializing people coming over or us going you know to someone 's house and aaron i don 't know as you get a little bit older you don't seem to have that same need, but it felt early yeah. on our marriage well, that early she would,
3: on. I remember Greg saying can can we talk about how often people are coming over for dinner? And I was like, what? What is wrong with you? We have people that's over all the do. time, and yeah. that's how you do life. And I, I remember really looking at him thinking, why is he bringing this up? And then I realized, oh, my word. He's not like me. Yeah. He's different than me, and he's more introverted, and this wears him out. And it was it was a great conversation. I can remember standing in our front yard and just talking about, yeah, let's let's figure out something that works for you too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why we were in our front yard. I don't. The kids were outside <laughs> oh, playing. True. They were little. <laughs> that's probably true. But the point is, is that it's not like tomorrow I'm going to wake up mm-hmm. and suddenly be extroverted, yeah. or Aaron suddenly be introverted. It's it's perpetual. It's ongoing. That's just a reality. Yeah. And so all that conflict that surrounds just even personality differences, that's what that researcher found was perpetual. could be a lifestyle difference. Mm-hmm.
3: That a, a pace, I'm a very fast, yeah. multitasking pace, and Greg's pace is not quite like that.
0: I am <laughs> the human version of a sloth. No. <laughs> just like no. to chill and go real slow. No. It's that kind of stuff, cooking differences. Mm-hmm. As we cook, I mean, this is stupid, but as we cook, I love to clean. Just just keep it As all clean could. yeah it, it, it you know when Aaron is cooking it, it it's all a disaster and then we eat it and then we clean and it and all up. the
3: cupboards are open oh, they're yeah. all open yeah. everything's messy
0: so you know there's times that she's like, hey where's that bowl I was just using oh that's already cleaned and in the dishwasher wait what <laughs> yeah. just it, do, do you see it's yeah. just that stuff yeah. that there's no solution there's not like oh here's how we will solve that mm-hmm. it just means that that stuff is probably going to be ongoing so instead of fixing it, what if we did something different? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And really the opportunity is differences are never the problem. Mm-hmm. It's how we manage them. Yeah. And so really what we're advocating for is how do we have you know our differences and allow room for both of us? but then also come back and have conversations when things don't go well. How do we have conversations to just repair our connection, to reconnect us so we're not becoming two individual roommates?
2: Yeah. and I mean, I think it's amazing even just to be aware and acknowledge that these, these conflicts are gonna be there based on our differences. And even as you've shared some of these things, I imagine, Husbands and wives leaning in and saying, "Well, that's maybe part of our struggle. We have these differences, uh, and and we just constantly get into these fights about it. Just being aware, acknowledging that it's there, and then having a strategy. I know Erin, you speak about the." You know, one out of, yes. is it one out of every three? Or? One out of every
3: three <laughs> okay. uh, times that we have conflict yeah. or that the average couple has conflict, it'll go well. Okay. So that's one time, 33% of the time okay. it's going to go well. And the other percentage of time, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And so when that happens, and how do we come back and and repair? Because the research shows that healthy couples... The difference between healthy couples and unhealthy couples, healthy couples still have conflict. Yeah. And again, it's one in three times yeah. their conflict will go well, but they do something different. And that's that they come back and they have a repair conversation. Yeah.
0: So you're saying for the two arguments that don't go well yes. out of the three, yes. are yeah. we willing to go back and repair that? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And that's even even in my own personal life, that, that's something that I really felt God weighing on my heart as a husband was to really to really take leadership around that because let 's be honest if if Aaron and I up to this point were going to repair a conflict it 's probably because Aaron is going to get us into that conversation mm-hmm. she's going to suggest it she 's going to say, "Hey, remember yesterday, what happened? Can we circle back and mm-hmm. let 's talk about what was going on but that that 's typically been her, and actually our our middle daughter, her name's Murphy. Um, she just got married and I've always told my, my kids right before you get married, like I want one overnight, just one more little trip, just dad and you. And, and, and so on the, we were hiking in the mountains of Colorado in the United States. So I said to Murphy, okay, you're about to, to be married. Like any questions, anything that I can answer for you? And she said, what is that spiritual leadership So that kind of that that role for for a man that the Bible really talks about. She's like, what does that really look like? Like her now husband, Jordan, we've been just talking about that. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. And so I said, oh, what a great question. I said, like leadership in marriage isn't simply that I make decisions. Mm -hmm. Like that's not leading. That's not leadership. That's mom and I, when we make decisions, we'll do that together in in a way that feels good to both of us. Mm -hmm. But I said, you know, like as a leader, I can lead by um pursuing Mom for a date night for our connection. You know that shouldn't just be her job, yeah. so that's an example of leading you know I can lead by looking for ways to to sacrifice like Aaron loves to have our bed in our in our bedroom made every morning. Well, that's that's not my love. Like I I like to get out of my bed and then get right back into it at night the same way that, that I got out of it.
3: Yeah. Versus for me. I want that bed made because it makes like it makes me feel ready for the day to begin and several years back
0: exhausted (laughs) already. Several years back
3: I had to have surgery on my foot and I was in a cast and Greg came upstairs and I was throwing myself over the bed because I couldn't put pressure on my foot and I was like hobbling and throwing myself over the bed trying to pull the sheets up. And he came in and he went, What is going on here? And he asked me, is it really that important that you are, like, throwing yourself across this bed trying to make the bed? And I told him, I said, you know what, it really is. Like, to me, this makes me feel ready for my day. It makes me feel, I don't know, when I get home, the bed's made and the house is together if someone stops by. And... You said in the, on that day. I'm like, what are you, day? giving tours <laughs>
0: all day of our house? It was, from all, house? Like, what it is was from all
3: the moving we had done.
0: <laughs> but honestly, seeing how important and really getting that, that day for whatever reason, as I saw her hopping around with this big foot in a cast going, this is sick. Like, yeah. this is a sickness. <laughs> but it, it, but if that's important, I can lead out. Yeah. So I told her, all right, then, then I own this. I'll make the bed every day for you. Yeah. Even here in South Africa, and I am has, the one that he has makes made our bed every single
3: day since that day
0: so it so leadership is you know sacrificing for her Mm. you know but then i also said yeah murphy it's leadership is as the guy i should i should be the one leading us back into repairing whatever conflict and whatever difficult things that we've experienced and after i said that after it came out of my mouth i felt so convicted I said, you know, Murphy, honestly, th- that is aspirational for me. Like, that's what I should be doing to lead. But I don't do that. Yeah. And it was just like God used that sure. to-, to really convict me to go, you know what? You know what? Why is that her job? Like, why can't that be a matter of, you know, leadership within our relationship to go, when we have some hard discussions, I'm going to be the one to come back and say, hey, let- let's revisit that. Are we okay? Yeah. And and I've been working on that. And mm-hmm. even it it... I don't know, maybe a week ago, I couldn't even tell you what the conflict was, but something we got a little cross with each other, a little sideways, and then later that that night, Uh. you know, we're getting ready for bed, and I just, and so Aaron got into bed, I was in bed, and I just said, "Hey, are we okay? Like I know we had a hard little interaction. Is there anything that I need to repair?" And and you said, well, actually, and she just said, I kind of felt this way. Oh, I hear you saying you felt blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And and she said, yeah. And I said, well, here's kind of what happened for me. And she went, oh, oh, I, you know, that makes sense. And we just had maybe a two minute, yeah, mm-hmm. little conversation. But it was so good. It gave. It shows me that that we can revisit that stuff.
3: Yeah. Well, what it showed me is that. You were aware all these years. <laughs> I always thought he must just not see it. I see it. I feel it. So I bring it
0: up. No, I'm just saying lately my eyes it. have been open. This just, it's just so been he, recent. When
3: he brought it up, I was like, I oh, love he that he know. brought it up. But then it was an indication to me. It's like, oh, all these years I've been bringing it up because I thought you didn't see it. <laughs> He was just avoiding it. That's yes.
0: I, just, yes. I, I do. You know, part of my strength is that, that I have a, a a much easier time, like right after a, a difficult interaction, a conflict between us. I, I, it is easy for me to go, oh, you know what? I mean, she's just having a bad day or something was yeah. going on and eh, we're it's good. Like, yeah. like it's easy for me to give her the benefit of the doubt and to sure. move on. But man, was I missing though mm-hmm. such a, a, an amazing opportunity mm-hmm. to go back and repair, and that's that's our point. Mm-hmm. So all this perpetual stuff is just going to keep happening over and over again. It's okay, yeah. but we do have an opportunity to repair that stuff yeah. if we're willing yeah. and know how to do that. Yeah.
2: Well, you have an amazing strategy to help us in that repair job, uh, but we're not going to have time to get into that today um i'll give the the headlines it's love with a bit of an interesting spelling so it's l-u-v-e but would you stick with us and next time we'll get to how do we do this how do we do a better job of repairing coming back to repair so that Mm. on those two out of three that we we don't do it right we're able to restore that relationship and repair maybe some some issues that have that have been in the heart as a result of that conflict. Will you you do that? Absolutely. Yes,
3: absolutely. Thank you.
1: I really enjoyed the conversation with Greg and Aaron, full of humor but really hitting on some serious and important aspects of marriage. I loved what Aaron said. Differences are never the problem. It's how we manage them. How do we allow room for both of us but also come back and have conversations to repair our connection when things don't go well, to reconnect us so that we're not just becoming two individual roommates. I really want to encourage you to get a copy of Greg and Aaron's book, Reconnected, moving from roommates to soulmates in marriage. They are marriage experts, but they also share vulnerably as they did today of their failures. They found themselves living more like roommates than lovers. But through intentional work, they fought their way back. And you can too. You can get your copy of Reconnected when you call us on 031-716-3300 or when you visit our website at safamily.co.za. And if you are really struggling with disconnection in your marriage and you'd like to talk to someone about it, get in touch with our counseling team. They'll give you some great ideas on how to move forward. We really have an amazing team of counselors that are here for you. And there are a number of ways for you to connect, whether it's booking a counseling session, speaking over the phone, or sending through a prayer request. The point is, we're here to help. Our number is 031-716-3300, or you can easily connect via the counseling page on our website at safamily.co.za Thanks for being with us today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, hoping that you'll join us again next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.